should there be now? Oh my God, it's showing that my internet is not working. Right. Yeah. Well, it's clearly but, working to some extent. Since well, we this is going to be a shit show. Comical. What we else? Are, yeah. Well, get, we are the comic book shit show, so get hey. fucking on with it. Mm-hmm. Worst shit. I have major problems. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. <laughs> and to make things even worse, I didn't get any comics this week. So talk about that. Hey, you didn't buy any comics this week. They didn't have. Uh, they got. There was a shipping error at the shop. They didn't get uh, a lot of the books that I got. Oh my god. Another episode of this Keegan Comics Out Rocky Grease Comic Book Shit Talk Show. Shit Talk Show! Gomer A.K. David Taylor. How is it, gentlemen? What is going on this week? Oh, I was talking to David before you got on here. Went to go see uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Thought it was pretty good. That's uh, like one of them Oscar. Might be, yeah. It's definitely not something that like we should talk about here on the show. It's definitely out of this wheelhouse, but I did enjoy it for whatever that's worth. Cool. I'm having all kinds of the internet problems. I don't know what the hell the deal is. Oh, it's apparent. Uh, I went. I saw Samaritan on uh, Prime. Oh, how is that? It's exactly what you'd expect. Okay. It's got a nice twist, you know. So you're like kind of middling, I guess, is what I was really expecting. Yes, it's very middle of the road. Uh, I mean, anytime Sylvester Stallone is in a movie, he's like giving pep talks to people who need pep talks. You know, that's basically what he does. That's all he ever did. In this one, it's kind of a twist in a couple of ways because he's almost mentored by the kid he's menteeing, which kind of works. That is the mentor-mentee relationship, but there's a really cool twist that is makes it worth watching. I think they're just like, oh, okay, okay, they okay. went there. You are the Samaritan. You are the you Samaritan. Okay. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> we did it, Adrian. We made <laughs> the Samaritan. I pity him. That's, that's the twist. Mr. T shows up. I pity you, fool. You oh, we get that one. that would be fun to watch. Like, Clubber Lang shows up out of nowhere and just starts trying to have a rematch. <laughs> Dave, did you do anything cool? Uh, nothing super cool this week. Well, that's lame. Yeah, it's not been... A, the most exciting thing, maybe, is I found a, a G.I. Joe classified Storm Shadow. I have one of those. I have one. And, yeah. uh, oh, um, yeah, the... The Mattel Creations is gonna gonna re-release uh, Wondar for two days, uh, made to order. So we're gonna yeah, be that's able. That's pretty cool. At the end of September, they're gonna have a from like September 28th to the 30th. They're gonna have yeah. a, a open an open order for Wondar figures, and earlier in the month, they're gonna have an open order for Grizzlor figures for the Origins line. Amazing. Oh, happy birthday to uh, your wife there, Andy. Yeah, happy birthday, Andy. Happy birthday. All right, well, let's go on to some news. Uh, first up, uh, and we didn't do anything pre-show because it's my stupid computer, but anyway, Diamond is in the news this week. For good things, kind of, but, I mean, it's kind of news company. They have announced a new deluxe tier. Uh, Diamond Comics announced that it established a new tier among the publishing partners, the Deluxe tier. It's going to be Aftershock, Titan, Ablaze, and Frank Miller Presents, which is weird. That's like brand fucking new. I don't think they put anything out. Um, 
but it features preferred coverage in the previews catalog and expanded support on the previews world website. Uh, in September, Diamond, uh, they did their they're going to showcase these companies, you know, make them higher profile. And duh, why wouldn't they? They lost, you know, Marvel, DC, and they have Image, Dark Horse. Uh, they're going to be, you know, premier publishers uh, added to Boom and Dynamite. Right? Well, so it's kind of like, hey, if you're loyal, we're going to give you some props. We're scraping know? the bottom of the barrel now, so you guys it's are going to... Well, that's kind of a... That, you can see how you can frame it that way, but this is undoubtedly good news for these smaller publishers, it's good right? News like, for them, yes. They're going to get more. It's more of an opportunity for them to get their stuff out to more people. Exactly, dude. That's the big deal. More of a profile on these different publishers. I mean, it's well documented on this show that we don't have any particular fondness for Diamond here. No. But, you know. Yeah. If this is an opportunity for these smaller print publishers to, you know, get more of the limelight, hey, good news indeed. Yeah, good for that. Frank Miller Publishing still has some now. Uh, surprises that aren't on this list of Valiant, of course, you know, because their production has gone down so low. Uh, AWA, you know, missing. That's kind of shitty, I think. Well, not on here. I mean, AWA definitely punches above its weight class, but yeah. on the on the scope and scale of like Aftershock and Ablaze and Titan, they're not there yet. I mean, they they definitely do a lot of good books, but they're they they've only been around for like a year and a half, and so yeah, they're still necessarily have that kind of coverage. They're still in their formative stages in some regards. Yeah. Oh my god. We can hear you. We can hear you. I know. Right? But I can't get anything to work on my end. Nothing is fucking working. Ah. I can't get any of my images to pop up on the stupid screen. Oh boy. Yeah, even your even your icon is gone. Oh, anyway. You look like a panda bear. Oh my gosh. Let's try this again. I mean, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, a, a reverse panda bear, maybe. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but ah. Uh. Well, is Gomer still there, or is he's kind of kind of silent? Who knows? I don't. Mm. I wonder what's going on. Did maybe there's no storms or anything down towards well, this area, are there? Gomer lives pretty far away from us now, so yeah, I lives, have no idea. He lives in BFE, and I mean it's, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there was an accident that involved like transmission lines or something. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's what this podcast is now: is us speculating about the internet troubles Gomer must be facing. <laughs> I'm internet. sure this must be riveting. We are really dropping the ball on Andy's wife's birthday here. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could. Uh, well, I, do you think Gomer would watch She-Hulk, the second episode of She-Hulk? Probably. So I'm sure he'll have stuff he wants to uh, say about it, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? The sins of the sinister. Gomer is still doing something. Did you do that? Because I didn't. I didn't uh, do that. Okay. Yeah. Gomer's back. Yay, Gomer's or back. Or is he? Maybe. I don't know. I I, I can't can look. I, we can we can. We can hear you, like, coming in and out. But at least you can, like, do the control panel stuff now. So, hey, that's... Oh, my God. There you go. That, that was present. 
It's pouring down rain here too, by the way, so I don't know what's happening. Anyway, there you go. Sense of Sinister is a new X-Men event. How's that? There you fucking go. That is pretty cool. I'm assuming this is probably going to spin out of uh, what's going on in Immortal X-Men right now, because Sinister has indeed been a very bad boy. Well, that and this terrible axe event that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but... I mean, he's there, too. You know, Sinister's doing his thing there as well. But it does beg the question, I mean, man, Sinister's great and all, but wow, are we really going to build an entire event over what he's done? I can see the concern. I mean, Sinister has been one of my favorite part of the X-Men books, wherever he shows up, you know? He's really fun when Hickman writes him. He's really fun in uh, Hellions. He's really fun in Immortal X-Men. But... I, I can see your concern. Like, you don't want to overdo it with the character and make exactly, a sick of Exactly, dude. Has the stuff what... that he's been doing in the X-Books, is it, is it enough to justify an event? Uh, uh, it, I think it is, just because... I would say so, yeah, because yeah. he's he's a big part of what's going on in Axe. He's a big part... Uh, like he, He's got, like, this whole thing with... He's got, like, cloned Moiras to reset the timeline um, in uh, Immortal so X. wild. He um, has, like, doppelgangers that are running around in the main X-Men book. So, yeah, Sinister is pretty prominently featured right now. So, I think there's enough there to support this, but... Yeah, I mean, Sinister, he's just so weird. Like you said, he is resetting the timeline all the time, just fucking around with shit. Uh, yeah, he is. Andy's saying Sinister is an event villain. Yeah, Sinister but... is, like, a caliber of villain that you could have, like threaten yeah. everything you know like a doctor doom or you know someone of that caliber and there's also this element to him where he's kind of zany in a way he's very eccentric which is the yeah. best part of him yeah like he's not sure if like he's the actual sinister right yeah. he's concerned that there's another sinister running around who's the actual sinister and not him which is just fucking weird dude but yeah i don't know <laughs> well, well that's see. what you get when you make clones yeah it's like wait am i the clone is that me? Am I the villain? Are, are you a replicant? Yeah. So well, I mean, that is the uh, risk you run when you have so many clones and schemes running all the time. Yeah, so that shit's dropping in January. So we'll have more on that when it comes out. Uh, moving on to the event that's going on now, Axe. Um, there's going to be three books, these one-shots, that are coming out. And Tom Brevort, who's the Marvel Executive VP said that these three one-shots might as well be Judgment Day number 5A, 5B, and 5C. Uh, now, that's an important that's important news. You know, anybody who's reading this event needs to know that, hey, these three books are must-reads in order to, I guess, enjoy the event. Uh, it's Axe Avengers number one by Gillen, Axe X-Men number one by Gillen, and Axe Eternals number one by Gillen. They come out week after week, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th, respectively. But, wow, that's it's kind well, of weird. It's I was probably going to pick these up. I always try to pick up the tie-ins that are written by the main writer. Sure. So I was probably going to get these anyway. But it would if this is truly required reading, I do think that is kind of lame to uh, put it into tie-ins. Yeah, now I've been saying this whole event thus far that all of the action is happening in the tie-ins and nothing is happening in the main series. Uh, that that continued. That trend continued into this week. 
This might be something we can talk about later, but I feel weird that you say that about Axe and not about Dark Crisis, where fucking nothing has happened for the, but people the entire have showed ever. up. People have showed they up. They don't do anything. Who cares if they show up if they don't they, do anything? Beast Boy got shot. That was interesting. And he was fine. Next issue. He was, he was fine. Well, he's Did in they the take they didn't do anything with oh, it. They took him to a hospital and not the vet? Yeah, but they are constantly building up to something, and we're halfway through the goddamn event, and nothing has happened. Well, at least in the same way, though. At it? least in Axe, they have introduced like the big looming threat. They haven't even gotten yeah. that far in Dark Crisis. Well, at no, least we know that they're dealing with this stupid celestial thing. But yeah. we know it's Pariah, and he's got a plan for the Justice League to make his own universe. But you're right; they have not unveiled that plan. You're right; they haven't gotten into details. Uh, comment. Let's see, Sandy. Axes, okay, for me, far, uh, D.O.M. book is the best out of, uh, all here right now. Yeah. Death of, Death to the Mutants, or whatever? Is that what he's talking about? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news before we talk She-Hulk. Uh, one of David's favorite artists of all time. Creators of all time. Living legend. Uh, Rob oh, Liefeld. Only in his own mind. Is starting a new shared universe. Um, and this is from the first book called Airborne. Uh, it's kind of weird, right? Uh, he said, it's "You know, I'll give him props. He drew this guy's feet." Yeah, he did feet. I mean, they're yeah. not great. They're, they're not indications great. of feet. Yeah, they're not great feet. Uh, anyway, uh, it's an original book that's going to be in his uh, Brigade Remastered Edition Number One, which is on Image Comics. Brigade is like a character he did in the '90s. They're redoing it for their I thought Brigade was anniversary. another team he did. Oh, it might be a team. Yeah, I don't know. He, did, uh, he he either makes characters or he buys the rights to existing characters and then ruins them. Oh, jeez. I told you it's Dave's favorite guy. It's the most socially relevant, societal-minded comic he's ever done. It comes from a terrifying premise. If there were super beings, that person would oppress us, not serve us. We are diluted with that exact premise right that is not, now. <laughs> that's another, another life build. He just jumps this is just another spin on the boys or like in Irredeemable or like the Brightburn or these countless other what if Superman was a bad guy shit that we've seen. They're a dime a dozen right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's never an original thought in Rob Liefeld's head. I mean, uh... I believe the poor in the world are more at risk than ever. It feels like the middle class is indeed being wiped out, and the elite among us are reminding us of how elite they are. Now, so, is he following Alex Jones or what? I that don't know. Some, if that's it's, some Alex Jones-level bullshit he's spouting right I there. I mean, it depends on which direction he takes it. You know what I mean? I don't keep track of people's politics, really. Uh, oftentimes, a creator, a writer— You don't have to writer, keep track of Blyfield's politics because he, like, posts everything that he wants, tells you about. But I don't, I mean, I don't know it, though. I don't follow him or anything. Irregardless of the political bend here, my initial reaction to this is another another one of these what if the superheroes were the bad guys things. They're all over the place. Exactly, they are. This is nothing new, revolutionary. I'm always interested in somebody's new spin on things. I just don't have the confidence that Rob Liefeld... Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, I I like to say that, you know, the execution is more important than the premise. And if this is done well, sure, they're, you know, that's that's fine. But yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in Rob Liefeld in particular to execute exactly. this well. I mean, even you know Mark Wade is coming back this? to Irredeemable. There's no patches. Yeah, there's no, there's no pouches. I mean, how the hell are you going to make yeah. it? Where's this dude putting his bubble gum? 
I will say the art here doesn't look too bad. It's not like it's not super. Bad. Bad. I like it. It's I not like terrible. It for life for yeah. But yeah, out of the two like evil Superman projects on the horizon, at least Irredeemable is a proven success. Sure, sure. Uh, but this he's saying that this is going to be part of like a new shared universe that he's creating. So uh, I'm excited. You know, at least in in part. You know what I mean? New stuff is new stuff, and I love new stuff. So that's Airborne. We'll have more on that when it comes out. So moving on to She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. This is actually the old logo. I should have updated this with the new logo. Um, uh, episode 2, Superhuman Law. Again, my only beef with these at all is they are short as fuck. Especially yeah, this one. Yeah, this was like 30 minutes. Done. By the time I'm done, I'm like, what? Did I miss it? No. So she gets a gig, uh, but she becomes like a superhuman lawyer. We knew this was going to happen. But yeah, she basically got like a gimmick job because like she lost her old job and no other people would hire her because of the whole She-Hulk thing. Yeah, which is kind of prejudice in a way. That's weird. It is. Extremely is, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, public notoriety, blah, blah, blah. She gets a gig. Uh, this episode had a whole lot of callbacks to the first Hulk movie, and it was really good. Like this one. The fight was so many years ago. I'm a completely different person, literally. What a great joke, you know, talking about Ed Norton as the first Hulk. I mean, it's a fun way to acknowledge it, yeah. Fucking hilarious. Uh, Blonsky was fucking great. I got choked up a little bit when he's like, I thought I was going to be the next Captain America. You know Yeah. I, I, I mean, the bad guy. Yeah, you're right, Blonsky. You got a raw fucking deal, bro. That was you a did. good way to frame it because, like, yeah, he was, like, he went crazy and was wrecking shit and the Hulk needed to stop him and everything, but it everything he said was true. That, um... Yeah. He was he ostensibly was working for the good guys. Now he did like go and like steal a bunch more of the serum to inject it well, himself. After after it had made him initially crazy. After they had already injected in him like quote unquote legitimately, yes. Yeah, so but it made him crazy. Yeah, so this there was gonna be Yeah, this is a good way to set this plot up where like She Hulk comes in and it's like, Oh, he actually has a point. And yeah. you know, he's gonna do like, her And then she's like all on his side, okay. Yeah, and then... he's gonna do the right thing and it's cool and to see. And then it calls back to Shang-Chi, and the video of him fighting uh, Wong is released. Yeah. And that's just fucking great, you know? I love how this show is immersing itself in the... That's a cool way to, like, make the situation harder for Jin, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and, yeah. yeah, it's a good way to tie in the other stuff. Apparently, they also reference that um, statue from the Eternals. They did. I'm getting to that next, because that oh, sorry. thing referenced another thing. Um, and that's what I was going to get at. She-Hulk is like its own thing. It's awesome. It's got its own voice. It's got its own tone and tenor and things like that. But it's also immersing itself into the MCU. But then it's also opening up new things in the MCU. These two things here. Well, the fact that there's a pair of – there's Iron Man shoes. That's fucking dope. Of course, Tony Stark had a shoe deal. But, yeah, why there is a giant statue of a man sticking out from the ocean. Uh, great callback to Eternals. Very cool. Yeah. But it's also Plus, the one above it. Man fights and with, with metal, metal claws. claws. Yeah. yeah, I wonder who that could be. Yeah, they are definitely they're definitely ratcheting up the uh, laying of the groundwork for the mutants. Exactly. Very exactly. directly in Miss Marvel, and now you know it's cool. To, I like the way they're doing that. Right? You know, yeah. it makes the world feel lived in, where like they just can do this stuff in the background. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, this show is its own thing, but it's leaning into the already established MCU while creating new, establishing new things in the MCU. Uh, another thing the show is doing, just like Moon Knight did, uh, you'll see this QR code right up here next to the title of the article. Okay. Uh, if you scan that QR code, it's a comic, uh, like a She-Hulk comic. Moon Knight yeah. did the same thing with Hidden. That's Hidden. fine. Well, if you yeah, look, at, if you look at like the search terms above it, you've got uh, like Norse mythology and Avengers yeah. and Fine Ant Man. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I will say though one thing about the whole eternal statue thing. I've seen people for the last few months like bitch, like why aren't they mentioning it in any of these other movies? That's my impression of like internet comments there. But um, they live in a world where like purple aliens can snap their fingers and wipe out Half-Life on Earth, or, like, Chitauri invaded New York, or, like, Norse gods show up. I don't yeah. think people would flip out over a statue appearing in the ocean. It is, like, yeah. not even in the top ten weird shit that they I, deal with in the MCU. I, it's not a statue. It's, like, almost an entirely new landmass. Yeah, it's fairly big. I'm not saying it's yeah. not... It won't make an impression. I'm just saying people would not lose their shit over it the way that we would... Worlds, you know? Assuming like natural disasters don't occur in the MCU, like hurricanes and earthquakes, we don't hear about those either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's part don't. of the overall narrative in something. It is weird that that they didn't like sort of jump into it earlier. You know what I mean? Just mention it or something like well, that. I mean, how I mean they got around to it here. It's not even a year later, so you know, it's. I don't think really it, I think people are making too much of a deal about it. Since, like, you know, in the MCU, since, like, the events of the Eternals. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it's okay that they don't just talk about it all the time. Yeah, this is a, I think doing stuff like this, where it's like an Easter egg for us to find, I think that is the best way to approach this sort of stuff. Exactly, I agree 100%. So, yeah, we'll talk about the next episode next week. Uh, Again, I'm still enjoying the show. It's a whole lot of fun, man. Oh, yeah, it's a real hoot. How many episodes is it going to be? I think it's eight. Oh, good, okay. I think it's eight. Maybe six. I don't know. Probably eight. Uh, Andy She-Hulk does a good job of leaning in. Yeah, for sure. It does. Definitely. Uh, All right, let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Uh, This week, it's probably one of the grossest ones that we've ever had. Oscar Mayer. Oh, God. Teaming up with a premium frozen dessert company, Pot Bar, for the debut of Cold Dog. Is this like meat in like a frozen form what the hell the hot dog flavored frozen pop this is disgusting you're right this is the worst one the worst one easily bad this is is some really bad ones this is worse than the 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 ray poupon must uh oh yeah the ketchup popsicle the Velveteeny, the Velveteen, the Velveeta Margarita or uh, Martini. That was it. Yeah, that was. That one was pretty bad. I think that one was previously the worst one, but I think this one takes it. Yeah, this one definitely takes it. It's um, refreshing and smoky umami notes of Oscar Mayer's iconic wiener, all topped with a signature swirl of mustard. They're only going to be sold at uh, Long Beach, New York locations, um, and eaten by disgusting people. Oh, so they're going. They're so basically, it's going to be kind of where they have like the hot dog eating contest and everything, Coney Island and all that. Well, no, that's not Coney Island. It's Long Beach. I don't is know it? where that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm originally certain Coney Island is like the hot dog place. Yeah, yeah, Coney so Island. There you is go. The hot dog place. That is fucking disgusting. Let's never ever mention it again. Let's one more time. Uh, we deserve a good one at next week. You know, yeah, find us one that isn't gross. Yeah, that one was definitely, definitely fucking gross. So, 
Uh, I told you, man, it's going to be a quick week, even though, man, what a shitty show we've got this week. Let's do top three. Really talking us up. Well, you two can do top three. I ain't got nothing to talk about. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, I did get May's book, and I can talk about that a little bit. You did what? You didn't read May's book? I got May's book. I haven't gotten oh, through well, all of it yet. May's book, and then we'll do top three. Because, yeah, May's book's fucking rad. May's dude. book is sublime. It's Jeff Lemire doing uh, the writing and the artwork. Um, I think he saves, like, drawing himself or, like, his passion projects. Yeah. Like, Underwater Welder or, like, Essex County or something like that. And every time he does it, he does knock it out of the park. This is a really heart-wrenching tale about grief and loss. Um, it's told in such a brilliant way. Wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone who... Uh, it's out in a... Not trade, it's out in a hardcover right now. Yeah. And yeah, wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone who uh, can happen to track it down. Yeah. Now, I've reread it recently, just because I, I reread Jeff Lemire shit all the time, but uh, on another reading, my most recent reading, I was like, you know, yeah, this book is about loss and and, you know that sort of thing but in my opinion it's really more about overcoming loss and dealing yeah. with loss and getting yourself to a place where you're well, yeah, like, not better but ready to be better well i'm going to so, use the word gimmick but i don't mean that in a bad way but the gimmick of the book is that like he's trying to find his way through a maze that he thinks is going to let him find his daughter again but well, i don't want to get into what it's actually about but really i think it's the metaphor for how you can get trapped in your grief yes. you know like you get lost you can't find any way out of getting back to your life you know a metaphor yeah. for the maze of your own making it really is dude yeah it's a superb book everybody should pick it up maze book by jeff lemire uh andy chiming in honorable mention has to go to fables this week good choice good yes. choice yes, uh, i'll good go choice. first i did want to mention um judgment day do i even have the damn I don't even think. I, oh, there it is. Judgment Day number one uh, or three. Sorry, number three. Kieran Gillen, Valerio Shitty. Man, I'm just not a fan of this event at all. Man, I, my, one of my big problems is like kind of a nitpick. It's kind of like a, a comic book thing that you have to ignore no matter what the book is. But in this one, it's just a little bit different. All of these teams have just the biggest fucking powerhouse. They had a fucking star brand on the Avengers. Where? Why are they keeping these motherfuckers locked away and not not fighting? Like they, like, I don't know. I don't know. Then at one point in this, there was like a big explosion, but it all turned out to be like a weird dream or something. I don't know. I'm still going to read it, but uh, honorable mention though. Uh, I am Rob, not I am Rob. It's just Robin. Number 17, Williamson, Roger Cruz, uh, Norm Rob. This is the end of the series. Uh, that's why it's a mention. I just had a whole, whole lot of fun with this. Um, I love a Damien book, so... Uh, my top three are all Image Comics this week, man. I had such mm. a hard time with uh, with the big two this week. Uh, Black Flamingo, number three, is my number three. Andrew Wheeler, Travis Moore, Tamar Bonavillain. It's a cult noir. Um, it's always fucking crazy. Um, it's always fucking super sexy. I mean, there's an angel fucking the hell out of this dude. It's rad. Oh, <laughs> I did not get that this week. Yeah. Yep, oh, that's shit. my number three too, Andy. Good call. Yeah, it was a great issue, really fun. Um, basically, this dude's like a flamboyant, narcissistic thief um, who steals mystic artifacts, and it goes into like World, World War Two, and he builds like a golem at one. Point. It's fucking no. Crazy he doesn't build rad. the golem. He returns. Oh yeah, that's the right. Golem he returns the family. It. That's right. He returns it. Yeah. 
it's like it's like the family's grandfather in in Gollum form, and he returns yeah. it to the family. Yeah, it's just and, a really fun, yeah. wild, really sex positive. Well, he's kind of got he's kind he's also got like kind of like some kind of power because he can kind of detect or he can kind of tell certain things about people. Yeah, like yeah. like definitely in issue one, the guy that was hosting the party, he could you could tell that there was a demonic vibe off the guy. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's my number three, Dave. Uh, my honorable, uh, my only honorable mention this week is going to be Grim number four. Uh, all right. Sorry. It was things are actually getting really interesting now. Um, it turns out that the scythe that she can wield is the is death death scythe, the Grim yeah. Reaper's actual scythe. And we're not sure why. And we don't know why, but the Grim no one Reaper, else able to do it. Yeah, but nobody else but the Grim Reaper can do that. Yeah, and now she can communicate with the Grim Reaper, who's been in hiding. Yeah, he's scared of something. Yeah, and they they finally get they finally find the Grim Reaper at the end, and he looks like Sam Elliott. It's pretty <laughs> from, fun <laughs> from the Big Lebowski, yeah. and he's got like an ankle bracelet on. Yeah, uh, but it, it's pretty cool. And then like you know, uh, the 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 end. The uh, antagonist Reaper is now assembling like every Reaper to go against. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, wild. Her. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like a Reaper war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, my number three pick this week is going to be Shaolin Cowboy, number four. You don't even have to say why. Here, I'll show you why. <laughs> no, it's really. the only reason you fucking this need to have this is book incredible. On your list this week, it was rad. It yeah, was so but rad. It was great, and you know the 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 com- the monitor lizard or the Komodo dragon is still retelling like the story of like his yeah. early, his early childhood. And they, they reunite as the adult Komodo dragon. And he, there's just some great interactions there. And now yeah. like shit has hit the fan because, uh, Shaolin cowboy has delivered what he thought was food, but it turned out to be a bomb to yeah. the Komodos. Yeah. And it is just crazy. Now cool shit, book. fun, fun, fun. And we're halfway through this. Yeah, series. it's still got more to go. It's yeah, we've it's got like about like three more issues. It is yeah. wonderful. Cool, excellent choice. Number two, uh, my number two is I hate this place, also known as fuck this place. Number four, Kyle Starks, uh, Artyom Topolin, Lee Luffridge. Uh, it's, this book's still really a whole lot of fun, dude. It's about a farmhouse that's like haunted by all sorts of paranormal shit. What's that place, Dave? Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, it's like Skinwalker Ranch. All right, these two. This couple inherits a farmhouse, and when they get there, they spend the night, and the first night just shit hits the fucking fan, and they realize yeah. that, yeah, they're living in fucking They're whatever. living in. They're yeah, living number two, public domain. We're definitely talking about that in a minute, Andy. Do not worry. Do not worry. Uh, so, yeah, I Hate This Place is just a great book. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been picked up for a series or a movie, probably a series. Hopefully. Yeah, it's just it's a whole lot of fucking fun, dude. Uh, so, yeah, fuck this place, number four. Dave, a number two. My number two pick is public domain number three. That is my number one pick. So Andy and I are on the same page yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, Chip Zdarsky doing the writing and the art here. Man, I adore this book so much. It's like this mix of humor and heart. The ending of this issue is kind of perfect. Um, yeah. The whole. Actually- let me explain. The whole book is like this guy. Right, he's responsible for pop culture's greatest hero, who's called the Domain, and his sons Miles and Davis have like this really complicated relationship with both the dad and the, his creation. Um, so it turns out that the artist actually owns the rights to the character, but there's like a billion dollar company that owns it. 
So in this issue, they go in to settle and they're thinking, oh man, they're going to get a, you know, a shit ton of money and stuff like that. No, they get $60,000. $60,000 plus the rights to publish the comic book, which yeah. is, I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the fence about that. I think really? it's a good thing. I think okay. it's a good thing, but I, I do feel that it kind of, like if we if we're looking at like parallels to like modern publishing and stuff, uh, there's a lot of hurdles that are going to have to be crossed. And I don't know I don't know if our our the artist is capable of doing that without his sons. Yeah, well I know, and I think that's why I liked it so much because it's sort of because it's it's the the book here the story here is about these brothers you know these sons of this creator and their relationship both with their dad who created the character. And the character. Yeah. You know, and so leaning into that, I really think them having to work together, you know, both sons who both are now fired from their jobs, basically. Yes. Are now free to help their dad launch this comic book. And I don't know. It, it seems to me like dad should have fought a little bit harder for a little bit more money. I, but I he feel, really I doesn't want way. money. He doesn't care about yeah, the money. I feel that way, kind of, that they should have they should have got a bigger payday. But... I also feel that, you know, because he gets the rights to publish the comic, he's kind of pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah there's nowhere to grow. You yeah. don't sell comics, you're not making money. Yeah, and you know how, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i interested to see how it's going to progress from here, but yeah. I, I see an upside to them getting the rights to publish, and I see a downside to getting the rights to publish. And yeah. I'm just, I just feel like it's kind of a trap. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how Chip, pushes these characters along and, and I, I in love, what direction he takes their comic book endeavor. Is it going to be a success? Is it going to be a, a loss? Is it going to be like a double-edged thing where, yeah, they're winning, but the only reason they're winning is because the movies are doing so fucking well? Yeah. Is it going to be where the comics are better than the movies and people start talking shit online that, oh, they should make the movies like the comics, you know? The, and then can, who I owns that story arguments. then, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, so but I also could go with it. I also like I also like this the introduction of this character on the cover here. Yeah, as a badass. villain, the badass executive. Yeah, <laughs> as a villain, you're like, woman for such your blood. Well, it's a woman, yeah. but I want to I want to <laughs> see how that goes too. Uh, yeah, Chip's just doing a really great job with this. It's a good shit. book. It's definitely yeah. a good book, and people should be picking this up. Yeah, technically the best comic book writer on the planet because he's he's on Batman. Batman. He's writing Batman. He's Batman. All right, so that was my comic. number one. Uh, what is your number one? Dave? My was, number, one, number two. My number one is actually going to be Minor Threats number one. Oh, see, I didn't care for this. It wouldn't be a show though if it wouldn't we didn't be. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know this. It's kind of a a, a little bit different take. Um, it's uh, basically all these characters are are B list and C list and D list villains. Yeah, and what has happened in the book is our 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 main character. It was the sidekick to another character. She's called like Playtime. She can yeah. make she can take all the raw components and turn it into something uh, mechanical. She she's got she's this, like Forge. She's like a super Forge. Yeah, almost. she's like Forge. Yeah, in a way, but uh, but she's she just got out of jail. She's working in a bar because this is the only it's a super villain bar. That, yeah. Because it's the only place that you know people won't care about her past, and she can have a legit a legit job because she's trying to go legit because she wants to get her daughter back. Apparently, yeah. What happens is is there's a a minor leaguer a villain 
ends up killing the the sidekick to this universe's equivalent of Batman, and the Justice League, the equivalent of their Justice League, is coming down hard on all the villains because they kind of, the villains kind of live in like one section of town that the superheroes yeah. don't always uh, tread. Yeah. yeah. But um, they're coming. The superheroes are coming down like super hard because apparently the superheroes are really, really worried that this this universe's version of Batman is going to go off on off on a murder rampage or something. And so these villains have decided that you know what we're going to do is we're going to track down this villain that the, broke the code, and we're going to we're going to take him out ourselves to get rid of the superheroes. Yeah. And that's where it goes. It's, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I it's, it was there was, okay. a, yeah, there was a lot of world building. You can kind of see some parallels between a lot of a lot of these villains and some of the other main, you know, larger yeah. publisher villains. But it's it's a, I, it was not the it was not the I was kind of thinking more along the lines of like, uh, you know, we're not the good guys, but today we're going to save the world kind of theme. Yeah, trope. and it's not that. It, they're doing this they're not they're not saving the world they're just trying to save their asses <laughs> yeah it <laughs> felt kind of like uh, it felt kind of like a parody of a lot of hero stuff there, there was, was a little there, bit of suicide squad in there there's a there little, was a there is yeah. a degree of that but you know uh but i just like i like the world that this that Patton oswald has built in this book and it's yeah. it, it was i like i i really enjoyed reading this book nice no, I did not care for it, but hey, again, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it <laughs> wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a we podcast. Didn't disagree. What a piece of shit you are, Gomer. I am <laughs> awesome, man. Well, yeah, and again, my number one was Public Domain again. So, yeah, that's our top three on the worst show of the year so far. Just terrible, terrible show. Uh, Taylor didn't have comics. There was only a half-assed bag of news and. Yeah, so let's get this one over worst. with. At least we can hear you. I know, shit, man. Oh, and I did look up. And yeah, I turned around. I did look it up. Long Beach is only five miles from Coney Island, so they're in basically the same. Oh yeah, I mean it's all New York, so it's yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> but it's the hot dog capital and all that <laughs> of the of NYC. the hot dog eating contest of Coney yeah. Island. Uh, all right, awesome, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Really appreciate it. Uh, check out our pals over at the Conco Bullies. They're going to be doing a show just tonight on this uh, Facebook channel. Uh, yep, yeah, bye, Andy. See you tomorrow. Bye. Uh, speaking of tomorrow, we are going to be doing a show then, our preview show, where we'll talk about all of the new books coming out this week. Uh, go to OutrightGeekery.com. We got links up there to just about everything you would ever want from a link that has other links. YouTube, social media. Past. Yeah, it's a link to the past. Um, yeah, it's I got it all. Outrightgeekery.com. Uh, yeah, again. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, get your comic book on. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Really appreciate it. Most of all, thanks to these guys for hanging out with this guy. <laughs> this is always fun. fun. We are going to do it again, hopefully, next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. If any worse than what we did today. Yeah, thank you.